You have released 2.1, a Netrunner Reboot Project podcast. Episode 13, One of These Things is Not Like the Others. Hey, this is Remy. And the thing that is not like the others is this episode. This will be a very different episode. Most of the episodes of this podcast I'm trying to make be sort of evergreen. Something that can be useful for whenever somebody comes across Netrunner. uh, Useful for anybody, any, mostly any format of Netrunner. But this episode is really going to be all about reboot. So if you're, if that's not what you're interested in, well, then you can go ahead and check out now. Although, if you do like the AstroScript pilot program, I've got a brief one of those at the end coming out of Worlds of Android. But otherwise, the whole rest of the episode is about what's going on with Mind and Mayhem, the new booster pack. And so uh, we're going to cover that. And because there was just so much news... It was going to take up probably 20 or 25 minutes of an episode. I thought, well, I'll just make it its own episode and we'll get back to the regular format next week. And so the title is not a title card. It was just an easy way to point out that this episode is one you can skip if you're not interested in the reboot stuff. So let's get right into it. Breaking news. Here we have four uh, news announcements that we're going to share with you. The big one is the release of Mind and Mayhem. It was released as of July 23rd, 2023. So it's live in retechie.fun. It's live on RetechieDB. Uh, there have been a couple of, of things that Cleric has had to... Cleric is the username of the person who's behind a lot of the coding there on the Retechie site. So he's sorting out through some of those opening wrinkles, but it's fully available and and legal to play with and use. Uh, I've got a link here in the show notes to the Mind and Mayhem page on Retechie DB so that you can look at all 30 cards. And I'll also provide a link to an image that the big boy put together of all the cards if you just want to take a look at all of them together. Although we still haven't hit the final week of spoilers, that'll be coming up in the next section. So that's the big news right off the top. Mind and Mayhem, now available and legal. The second piece of news is also kind of big. There will be a Reboot Worlds tournament. Uh, sure, that's a little bit of a grandiose title. Chances are it's going to have fewer people than even the first Fantasy Flight Worlds back in 2012. But uh, this will be a a tournament that's different from the sorts of leagues that normally run through the Discord server. Uh, as the big boy said in his announcement, it would start in the morning U.S. time and go for most of the day. It'll be a standard Swiss format tournament with a cut to probably a top four. But it'll just be running straight through the day on August 
twelfth, twenty twenty three. That's a Saturday, August twelfth, twenty twenty three. Again, starting in the morning, U.S. time, probably fairly early in the morning to be able to catch the Europe people before it gets too late for them. Now, at this moment, at the recording of this podcast, thirteen people have indicated that they may play, but there's always room for more. And official registration will be coming very soon, since we're only just a couple of weeks away from it. So, if you want to get in on a full-on live tournament, August 12th is the day. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. Um, I actually have to take the day off the week before, and I don't have enough vacation time to take that day. I work on Saturdays. So, uh Kind of bummed about that, but hope everybody else is able to have a good time. The third announcement is that one of the recurring leagues on the Discord server for Reboot is starting up a new league coming this Sunday, July 30th. This is the Constructed League. I'll just go ahead and read out the announcement from Zaley. Looking to test out the new Reboot cards? Look no further. The sixth Reboot Constructed League will begin on Sunday, July 30th. Bring your tuned builds, your secret brews, or a pre-constructed deck for five rounds of high-octane reboot matches. After the league concludes, the final standings will be determined by a top cut. All reboot cards up to the Reflections and Mind and Mayhem boosters will be legal. Anything reboot goes. It is recommended that you stick with your deck with minimal modifications if it is doing well, so choose wisely because you could be running it all the way to the top. If your deck isn't performing up to par, feel free to switch to something else. If you want to sign up, react to this message by that date and I will put you in. So, you can go to the Discord server, to the Constructed channel, and then you can just send a reaction, a reboot reaction to this announcement, and you'll be in the league. Starts on Sunday, July 30th. Fifteen have joined as of this recording, including myself. This is not, unlike the tournament, this is not a live tournament. This is a, an asynchronous tournament, basically. Each match, for each round that's posted, you play one match. It's about every week and a half. So, it's, it's a fairly laid-back pace to allow for more people to participate. I've been, I participated in the last Constructed League, did real bad. I got one of the buys early on, although I did win. I think I won one or two games, maybe, using uh, a Sonny LeBeau for the runner and trying to make Stronger Together work as the corp. Uh, the, the Stronger Together really did not do well for me. You just can't use only six three-point agendas. It just didn't work so well. Anyway. So that is our third announcement, the Constructed League. And the fourth uh, is also kind of a big one because coming along with the Mind and Mayhem release is a new card balance patch. So we have three cards that have been in the reboot pool that are being nerfed and three cards that are being buffed. Uh, So I'll include here what the changes are and then the comments from the big boy. So first with nerfs, Singularity, which in the original Fantasy Flight game cost four to play, and then was changed to one for reboot, is now bumped back up to two. He says, Singularity 
is a clunky but effective trick for eater decks to get into remotes. At four cost, in the original game, it was far too expensive to actually use. I'm finding that at one cost, it's a little too affordable for what it does. Two seems like a fair price where it won't see any less play, but getting your opponent to play it more than once will start to feel like it adds up. High Risk Job, which cost six originally and was dropped to four, is now back up to five. He said, well, I made this cost five and people didn't seem to want to use it even though I thought it was good. At four, people finally got the message, as I hoped they would, four is feeling a little too strong, so I'm reverting this back to its original buff. I promise it's still good. And then Sniper, uh, which has had its influence changed from three to four, and, you know, I'm not sure what Sniper does. Let me look it up real quick. Ah, it's a Reflections card. So that's from the first booster. It was imported. Oh, it wasn't imported. Ah, this is an original one. Okay. So Sniper was a is a criminal program a killer with plus three strength during runs initiated by a run event, normally two strength. So if you use a run event, it's a five strength killer. It costs three to install. And for one credit, break one sentry subroutine. But if you are doing a run initiated by a run event where it's got five strength, one credit would break any number of subroutines. And then you can bump it by one strength for a big three credits. So, the influence was three and has been changed to four. And that break ability, where if you're on a run event, you can spend a credit to break any number of sentry subroutines, has been changed to just up to two. And here is the big boy's comment. I took some community input on this change on Discord. Sniper is very strong. And although I believe its decks are not as strong as people seem to think, the card itself can feel quite dominating. The influence change is to make it a bigger investment for shapers, who are supposed to be a bit weak to sentries. The text change from all subroutines to two makes Sniper one credit worse against some of the fun ice that it was pushing out, Ichi 1.0 and Surugi notably. And then we have three buffs. Information Overload. This cost is being bumped from 6 to 5. A long time ago, we tried buffing the encounter trace on this card, which was immediately shown to be too strong, so we quickly reverted it. Info Overload is a flashy and exciting card that no one is really playing, so we're trying a different kind of buff. We have Komainu, a cost 5 that has been changed to cost 4. For such an iconic ice, no one is really playing poor Komainu right now. So many Jinteki ice got cost buffs that paying five for this seems like a lot. At four, it feels more worth it for an ice that is so vulnerable to Parasite. And then we have Subsidized Processor, which is another uh, reboot original card from Reflections. The original version of this is a flippable card. A cost four shaper hardware. Reduce the install cost of programs in your grip stack and heap 
by 1. If you have no unused MU, flip this card, and in the back of it, borrowed storage is plus 3 MU. So it was cost 4, and now it's been changed to cost 3. And here's what he says about that. People have actually been trying this now, but still finding it a little too much of a tempo hit. Clearly, at two cost, it would be extremely good. So we'll see if three is a sweet spot. Well, there you go. There is your news for this section. Just as a recap, Mind and Mayhem has been released as of July 23rd. Reboot Worlds is coming August 12th, Saturday, August 12th, uh, starting in the morning U.S. time. If you want to join the Asynchronous Constructed League, that starts on July 30th. And then we have six card changes, a balance patch, three nerfs, singularity, high-risk job, and sniper, three buffs, information overload, Komainu, and subsidized processor. Precognition. Mind and Mayhem, Week 6. Here are the remainder of the cards I have not covered yet from the Mind and Mayhem, which has just been released. So I'm going to run through them here as I've been doing. Uh, we are finishing off with the HB cards that we started last week. Vulcan 1.0, a Sentry with Res 4, Strength 5, and 3 Influence, has two subroutines. Each of them is do one brain damage. If the runner breaks all subroutines during an encounter, you flip the card, and it becomes Mind Maze. You flip the card after you pass it. It becomes Mind Maze, now a code gate. Still res 4, but now strength 9. But its strength is reduced by 1 for each card in the runner's grip. And it has just one subroutine, end the run. This is not the last card, or not the first card, rather, we've seen that has something to do with the runner's grip. And here's why. It's the identity, Echo Memvaults, Reality Reimagined, a 4515 ID. The front side of the card says, When the runner's turn ends, do two brain damage, cannot be prevented, and flip this identity. The backside says, the runner cannot be flatlined. If they would be flatlined, instead they take damage equal to the number of cards in their grip. So you're forcing the runner to play with a three-card hand the whole game, but they don't have to worry about dying. It's, it's just a different kind of game there. We then have three cards that have been rebooted, imported from cycles or packs after the Data and Destiny Deluxe Expansion. The first of them is Magnet from the Mumbad Cycle, a code gate. Its res strength has been reduced from 3 to 2. It is a strength, I'm sorry, res cost. It is a strength 3 code gate with one influence. When you res it, you host a program on it that is hosted on an installed piece of ice. And the text box of each program hosted on Magnet is blank. It has a subroutine and the run. Uh, this is basically for yanking parasites off of other ice. Lateral growth, also from Boombad, is a transaction operation. Cost two, uh, been reduced from two influence to one. You gain four credits and may install one card. 
So spend two, gain four. Although if you're Wayland, the, the core identity, you'd gain five, right? And O2 shortage from the Red Sand cycle, which is the seventh cycle. Moombat is the fifth cycle. This is an HB operation that costs, instead of three, zero. It's two influence. The runner may trash one card from his or her grip at random. If he or she does not, gain two clicks. So that goes really nicely with the new identity. If for some reason the runner doesn't have any cards, then this O2 shortage is a zero-cost biotic labor, which is real good. And then we have our two NBN cards. Finally, to round out the spoilers, although they're not spoilers anymore, Talent Scout is a code gate with a res of cost of two and a strength of two. It's also two influence. When your turn begins, if the runner is tagged, flip this card. And the two subroutines on it are end the run, unless the runner takes a tag, and runner loses click if able. It's basically Enigma, except the, it's one less to res, and the runner can dodge the end the run by taking a tag. And then if they do take a tag, you flip it over to Red Carpet, which is now a sentry, still a res of two, but now a strength of six, with three subroutines, give a tag, give a tag, and end the runner, end the runner, no, just end the run, and end the run unless the runner pays one credit for each tag. And finally, Amani Senai from the Katara cycle, which is the final, eighth and final cycle, a card apparently designed by the big boy, which I did not know. Uh, he was a play tester late in the fantasy flight development process. Amani Sanai is a unique S asset for NBM with a res cost of two and a trash cost of four. It's also four influence. Whenever an agenda is scored or stolen, you may trace X, where X is the advancement requirement of the agenda, to add an installed runner card to their grip. So there are all of the cards. Again, there's a link in the show notes if you want to look at all of them or just go to the RetechEDB page for them. But just as a brief recap of some of the highlights from Mind and Mayhem, we have a new HB identity, Echo Mem Vaults, that starts the runner off with two brain damage after their first turn, but then they can't be flatlined. We have a new Anarch identity, the Horde, where you run on HQ and R&D and get extra abilities, but it's a 50 deck size minimum. Each, the, each manufacturing gets a new card. Apex's card will trash three installed cards, and then you get to draw seven. Adam gives you a credit for each click you've lost or spent during a run. And Sunny gets an event where you search your deck for a cloud icebreaker, install it, and then give it plus one strength. So, as I said at the time, real good. I'm going to be putting that in my Sunny deck for the Constructed League, for sure. The flippable cards in this pack, there are six of them. HB has its identity. And then there's an ice for each faction, each corp faction. Vulcan 1.0 in Mind Maze is an eight, starts out AP Sentry and turns into an End the Run code gate. Genteki gets Caterpillar and Monarch, which starts off Mythic and ends up as an AP Barrier. 
NBN gets talent scout and red carpet, which starts out as an enigma-like code gate and ends as, as an observer sentry. And uh, then they also get, I'm sorry, Whalen didn't get anything. No, Whalen got, yeah, Whalen got Foxtrot and Blockade, which starts as a tracer sentry and ends as a barrier. Meanwhile, Shaper is the only runner that got something that's a flippable card, Future Proofing and Epiphany, which starts as a run event and then flips to put credits on it to fuel your icebreakers as a program. And the cards that were rebooted, that's imported from other cycles or packs for Hasbioroid, we get Magnet, O2 Shortage, and Lateral Growth. For NBN, we get Amani Sinai. For Wayland, we get Armed Intimidation. For Anarch, System Outage, Frantic Coding. For Criminal, Pad Tap. For Shaper, Patron. And out of the neutral runners, Process Automation. And of course, we get the console Glee, which has introduced the new concept of Ruboom. E3 feedback implants. This is not actually feedback, but as I was reading through, um, I guess it was the, wasn't the general channel, it was the balance discussion channel. And there was a conversation going on about expose effects because uh, somebody wanted to use, what, blackguard and blackguard and so there's a conversation about using expose effects. And I've said before that in the early part of the game, expose was considered to be almost crucial. And you have all these expose effects, especially early in the card pool. But that my sense was that later, as people became more proficient at the game, expose became less important. And so I just wanted to present a funny comment. I didn't ask Muryu for permission but just a funny comment that she said when talking about expose effects. If you want to find out what an ice is, use the best icebreaker in the game on it. Your face. Uh, I think I actually laughed out loud when I read that. Many of the cards discussed in this week's episode, in fact, pretty much all of them, are linked in the show notes. Music is from Alexi Action. The website... Still linking to the Reboot Project homepage is netrunner2.1.com. Spell out the word point, but not the numbers two and one. Join the Reboot Discord server if you want to get in on the upcoming Constructed League or the Reboot Worlds coming August 12th. You can also play online with the brand new Mind and Mayhem cards at reteki.fun. Although again, going to Discord is the best place to find the games. You can contact me on Discord or BoardGameGeek or Reddit or StimHack through my username Auberman, A-W-E-B-E-R-M-A-N, or send me an email to anreboot2.1 at gmail.com. The dot is not spelled out. It's actually a period. Uh, subscribe to the BoardGameGeek and StimHack thread for the podcast and group, and stick around to the very end for the AstroScript pilot program as... We have an interlude between the HB, uh, NBN, HB, HB and Jinteki articles and the NBN and Wayland articles with a nice little story about noise hacking. Thanks for listening. See you next week for a regular episode.
No human resources stack had four layers of ice, this thick or this black. It was the virtual equivalent of walking to the bodega for a case of beer and getting ripped to shreds by a pack of hellion bots. Noise knew what he was doing, though, and that knowledge was the only thing that had saved him so far. If it got any worse, he'd need to drop Carrier and turn into the Invisible Man for a few days. The first layer of ice had been easy. He'd peeled it away and moved further in, his icebreaker tugging at his brain like an insistent child that wouldn't let go of his hand in an amusement park. Of course, this wasn't the carousel outside the Vendigo Arcology, and his copy of Femme Fatale wasn't a whiny broad looking for a cheap thrill. This was a Haas Bioroid server, slick with defenses, and Femme was a bleeding-hot piece of illicit code with just enough AI to have her own attitude. HB was one of the big four, sure, but they didn't stack up four layers of the world's deadliest ice to keep people away from secondary employee records. His only reason for making the run in the first place was to break in, promote the lowliest employees to executive positions, and simultaneously demote HB's most venomous executives to little more than water boys. Noise had paid good cred for the latest recon on this server. It was out of the way, nestled amid innocuous stacks in an industrial sector that rarely got much traffic. The majority of these servers housed little to nothing of value, data stashes used only sporadically by anonymous subsids, their executives, and the occasional runner looking to squirrel something away in a node no one would bother cracking. He thought it was strange that good old H.B. would bother with such a ruse. Recon reports, expensive recon reports, indicated the server was little more than a secondary storage bin containing a backup of H.B.'s human resources data. It should have been easy to bust through the ice, change some data around, and then schedule a remote update of HQ's central files. Noise figured he might even dig up records of an embarrassing PIP in one or two exec files that his news-nosy contacts could turn into an expose. The fourth layer of ice dropped away, shattering like glass and scattering in all directions. Back in his loft, Noise gave a sigh of relief. He pressed on. After all, he'd gotten this far. Not to mention, he was having fun. Runs for scrubs were boring and tedious in their simplicity, and Noise was one of the best jocks on the circuit. He was earning his credits for a change, and that was worth taking a risk this big. Whatever H.B. had locked up in this remote dustbin had better be worth it. But even if it wasn't, it was entertaining. The server burst open, and raw data rushed at Noise like a tsunami of light. His guts twisted sickeningly for an instant before his filter programs kicked in and began organizing the information. Time appeared to slow as the data methodically coalesced around him. It was an entrancing, almost euphoric experience, which also made it dangerous. Spend too much time gawking, Noise knew, 
and you were chum for killer ice. He put Femme on standby in order to devote more cycles to his search bots, and she sighed unhappily. Deal with it, sister, he said, and she fixed him with an irritated glance before she vanished in a whiff of perfume. Seconds ticked into minutes without his searchers finding anything useful or interesting, and Noise grew frustrated, then nervous. He was about to ditch everything when one of his subroutines returned a vid file. A quick sec scan revealed nothing dangerous, so he opened it. Images of a hallway, strewn with bodies, their faces hidden by armored visors. Something passed over them, a lithe, humanoid shape of dubious gender with long hair, moving faster than any human had a right to move. Then, noise smelled smoke, burning insulation, melting solder, and his heart rate soared. A virus hidden in the vid file that had evaded his initial sex scan had already done its work. Thrag! Noise cursed as the vid screen dissolved, along with the grainy image of the body-laden hallway. He thumbed his carrier stud, but it was too late. He was back in the loft, his console smoldering, his signal likely traced to within three meters of his present location. It was time to clear out and go to ground before Haas Bioroid's wet work team arrived and flatlined him for good. <laughs>